Hey babes, Ashley here. I have a kind heart, a potty mouth. It's probably the rap music. And damn it, I miss my friends. But if I can't snuggle them in person, thanks COVID. I thought, why not build community here? So grab a drink, climb in bed, and let's hang out. Wait, is that weird? I'm on a mission to live my life unapologetically, which tends to look a little different every day. But one thing remains the same. It's a guilt-free zone. No shame here, sister. Each episode will tackle real-life shenanigans, and you'll leave laughing, crying, or feeling as lit up as your crazy aunt at Christmas. Ready or not, girl talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Guilt-Free Girl Talk. It's your girl, Ashley. I am going to be honest, I have been procrastinating this episode. I decided this week I was going to recap my infertility journey because I've had some requests to talk about parenthood on here and I just think it's really powerful first of all to talk about our struggles but also I wasn't very comfortable discussing parenthood without first addressing what led us to parenthood because I know first of all not everybody's mom and this isn't only for moms but also I know that it's not necessarily everybody's choice whether or not they're a mom. And I like to stay considerate of that. So if this is going to be a trigger for you, please, no hard feelings, turn it off. I do not want this to bring up anything in you that is going to spiral you. I walked through infertility for many years, but I also think it's really, really important to know that it hasn't always been this like adorable little family of three matching and doing fun activities. I think it's easy to start learning about somebody and automatically think that they've always been in this really good place and I want to keep it 100% raw, unfiltered. I want you to know my struggle so that you can get to know my heart Um, because that is how you build friendship and build community and also it gives other people a space to say, hey, I struggle with that too. I don't feel so alone. So in doing that, I am going to recap the blog that I had through my infertility process. I have three parts of this infertility journey, and then I'm going to do an overview of IVF, which is how we eventually ended up with Lexi. So today is going to be part one. Bear with me (laughs) as we journey back. I'm not sure what kind of emotion this is going to bring up for me, but staying true to guilt-free, shame-free, we're just going to roll with it and hope for the best. And then at the end, I kind of want to just like give my spin on it from perspective now because I feel like hindsight is definitely 2020. So here we go. In May 2011, Shay and I got engaged. In September of 2011, after many long talks, prayer, and tons of consideration, we decided to start trying for our first baby. That may seem a little crazy, definitely a little fast, and to most out of order, but we had a reason. When I was a junior in high school, I had my first ovarian cyst and it required surgery. When I was a freshman at Kansas State, I had what I thought was another ovarian cyst. It was close to Thanksgiving break and I had many tests, so I asked my doctor to just send pain medication to get me through the next couple weeks. Unfortunately, I was wrong, and so was my doctor. It wasn't a cyst, but my appendix, and I had to have an emergency appendectomy. This seems like it doesn't matter, but I promise it'll make sense later. My sophomore year in college, I had another ovarian cyst. Doctors were hopeful that these wouldn't impact fertility, but weren't able to know for sure until I started trying to conceive. Little did I know that while I was going through these situations, the man that I would someday marry was also having concerns. 
When Shay was a junior in high school, he experienced severe pain after football practice and was diagnosed with a testicular varicocele. He had to have surgery to correct it. The summer after his freshman year of college, he had a hernia that also required surgery. Again, doctors were confident that neither of these would impact fertility, but there's no way to know until you try. Fast forward to 2011. I'm not sure where I learned the information, but I was told at some point that you had to try to conceive for a year before a doctor would help you. We weighed the pros and cons and knew that if we were successful, we could be ready. But if we weren't, we wanted to jumpstart on starting a family. With the knowledge that both of us had medical concerns that could impact having children and that we would need to try for a year without assistance, we made the decision to try. It was low pressure. We were hoping for the best, but expecting a trip to the doctor in a year. In March 2012, we got married. In September 2012, we still weren't pregnant. I scheduled an appointment with an OBGYN in Enid, Oklahoma, and we started the infertility process. The first test was blood work and everything came back normal. The second test was an HSG, which I'm going to butcher, but is a hysterosalpingography. It's a big word and an uncomfortable process. I laid on a cold x-ray table and had dye injected into my cervix. They then took an x-ray to see that my uterus was in good shape and that my fallopian tubes were open and clear. I was told everything looked healthy. Third test was for Shay, a semen sample, and have it analyzed. Again, everything looked great. The doctor told us that we were in the 5% of unexplained infertility, but was, and I quote, confident that we will get you pregnant. He put me on Clomid, which is a pill that is used to stimulate ovulation. In most cases, it produces multiple eggs and increases your chances of becoming pregnant. It also makes you crazy. I wish I was kidding. It seriously made me crazy. <laughs> I remember my doctor telling me that it could have that impact. Some women file for divorce and later withdraw the paperwork. Some women throw their husband's stuff in the yard for responding to a question wrong. Some women are fine. I was very hopeful that I would be fine. I was not. This is where the hardship of infertility really started to get to me. I was on this medicine for six months. Each month, we tracked our ovulation, which we've been doing now for over a year, took the medicine on time, and had timed intercourse, basically making sure to try when we were ovulating. It didn't work. Each month, when I took the pregnancy test and saw BFN, big fat negative, I fell a little deeper into depression. Little did I know that every time I took that little pill to help the process, I fell even deeper into depression. By month five, I'd had enough. I was a hot mess. I couldn't stand being around myself, and I'm not sure how Shay handled being around me. I was incredibly irrational and reacted poorly to almost every interaction. Even when I knew I was being ridiculous, I couldn't control it. It was a terrible feeling to know in my mind that I was being crazy, but to have no control over my reactions. It was at a point that I just didn't want to be around anyone. We went to dinner with a group of friends, and one of them was being silly and sarcastic, which I typically would have dished it right back. Instead, I told Shay, we need to leave right now, in the middle of our meal, or I'm going to make a scene. Looking back, I'm so insanely grateful for Shay. I know he was probably embarrassed sometimes and hurt by my words the rest of the time, but he stuck it out. He encouraged me. After month five and another negative pregnancy test, I wanted to quit. It wasn't working, and I was losing myself. Shay was an excellent support, though, and he said, we can do one more month. If we don't, we will always wonder, what if? I'm, like, getting emotional, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew this was going to be challenging, which is why I was procrastinating it, but woof. Okay. Month six was a dark month for me. The Clomid was taking a huge toll. The half of a year of negative pregnancy tests were almost too much to handle, and I was losing hope. 
I was free falling into a dark hole and I knew it. In the middle of the month, I had my sixth big fat negative. I was heartbroken. I just remember thinking, what now? I cannot keep taking this medicine. Then, my world literally came crashing down. My little sister was in a terrible accident and nearly died days after my negative pregnancy test. I hit rock bottom. I remember vividly thinking on my way to the hospital, if I wreck my car, I won't hurt anyone. I won't hurt anymore, and everyone will think it was an accident. Suicidal? Not acceptable. I called Shay to calm my nerves, and we decided right then that I would not be taking any more Clomid, ever. We also decided that it was time to take a break from trying. I was so relieved. I knew if I was ever going to have a chance at becoming a mother, I needed to take care of me. I needed to get back to normal Ashley. Side note, my sister will never know how much she saved me that summer. I was lost and at the bottom of a very dark and scary pit. She showed more strength in her terrifying, painful situation than I can ever explain, and her words and determination made me focus on becoming whole again. We bonded that summer and are still incredibly close. She probably thinks it's because she almost died, and that probably did play a role, but more than anything, it's because she unknowingly made me strong again when I didn't think it was possible. She made me push through a clomid and heartbreak fog simply by living her life through God and leading by incredible example. Thanks, Em. In 2013, May, we took a break. It actually was as situational as it was our decision. The next step was going to require a doctor in the city, and Shay's work schedule and the importance of timing for fertility procedures just didn't work out together. So we waited, and I got healthy. And that is the end of part one. Holy smokes. Didn't want to cry. Did anyways. Um, it's hard to look back on this, mostly because I know now how much more we trudged through, and that's really challenging. Um, it also brings up a lot of frustration, uh, which you'll come to understand. But it also makes me really proud to have a supportive spouse. And I think it's really, really important, and this is probably something that I'll touch on every single time, every week, um, it's really important to find your support system. So if infertility is something that you're struggling with, first of all, I'm really sorry. I would literally not wish it on my worst enemy. It's awful. Um, but you have to find support. And I know that's really hard. And I know there's a lot of stigma. And I know that there's a lot of shame associated. And I'm telling you now, looking back after battling infertility for five years, spoiler alert, um, support is what's going to save you. So I will be that. I can help you find that. Whatever you need, let me know. But know that you do not and should not walk through it alone. Also, shout out to Shay because he was my rock. And you will see there was a trend of me wanting to give up and a trend of him not letting me. Um, but also being supportive in the process. So that was rough. But I will be back next week with part two. If you have any questions, please feel free to head over to my Instagram at inspired by Ashley and shoot me a message. I would love to answer them either on the podcast or in the DMs. And I'm always looking for new podcast ideas. So if you have something that you'd really like me to cover, please let me know. 
thank you. I know you could choose anyone to listen to, and I appreciate that you chose me. If this podcast made you laugh, hit you in the feels, or inspired you to live your best life, please do me a favor and share it. Take a quick screenshot, share it on social, and tag me. I'd love to give you a heartfelt thank you and start building a bestie community in real life. Cannot wait for more Girl Talk. Chat soon.